0: I promised yesterday that we'd start in Romans chapters 9 through 11, the 9-11 passage today. But yesterday I had a very interesting breakfast with a couple of radio listeners as well as friends, and they told me one or two things that made me think, boy, I should get back to telling you this. Um, One of the men, let's call him Joe, uh, one of the guys— Was telling me that he heard the program in 2001 and he heard me talk about the spiritual, the the psychological effects of Romans. 5, 6, 7, and 8. You've heard me talk a lot about that, haven't you? Wrath, sin, law, and death. And he said those verse that teaching he'd never heard before, and it really affected his growth and his experience, and possibly, uh, I'm not sure, uh, I can't quite remember uh, whether he was referring to addictions or not. So I'm going to go back into that with you. There are many men and women, listening to this program perhaps, who feel abandoned, for example, who feel that their struggle with addiction is so great that God can't possibly be pleased with them and God cannot possibly enter into their struggle. Joe, at breakfast the other day, was shocked and angry, he said, when he first heard me say, you've got to allow God to enter into your sin with you while you are doing it. This is a shocker. But let me—so let me try to spend, let's say, a few days anyway, going into Romans chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8, and describing how they affect us, these things— the truth of those things uh, spiritually, and how Christ and what Christ has done can change our way of thinking now, I did give you a quite a, uh, a lucid outline of this several weeks ago, but it was so quickly done that you probably didn't pick it all up very well but anyway let's let's um, I want you to do this while you're listening. Put one hand up and spread your four fingers at the top. Of each four fingers, let's put wrath on one finger, which is chapter 5 of Romans, and sin on the next finger, which is chapter 6 of Romans, and law, chapter 7 of Romans, and death, chapter 8 of Romans. Paul is telling us, you see, that Christ has gained the victory over the wrath, sin, law, and death of the powers which belong to the kingdom of adam it's hard to imagine mind you that god's wrath belongs to the kingdom of adam but that is part of what has happened because sin and death have come in then we have this um judgment of god upon us but Christ, who is God among us, God took his own judgment upon himself. Don't think that, God, uh, that Jesus is the Savior and God is the judge. No, no, God took all of this upon himself. And so we are freed from wrath. Now, I want you to try to think of what wrath is. Paul says in Romans 8, the wrath of God is revealed. I mean, Romans 1, I should say, verse 18, the wrath of God is revealed. But how is that wrath revealed? Well, come verse 24, 26, and 28, and what does it say there? That God handed the world over, gave them over to what they chose instead of him. Let me state that a bit more clearly by saying the wrath of God is revealed in verse 18 because men suppress the truth. Human beings suppress the truth. We all suppress the truth about God because we're afraid of him and we're guilty in relation to him. And so we don't want him around too much. So God has to give us what we choose instead of him. That's what wrath is. Wrath is motivated, by the way, by love. It is not God simply abandoning love and and, uh, being mad with us. It is God's loving choice to give us what we want instead of him so that it can be seen ultimately in our lives, so that we can discover in our own lives that having no God is a disaster. All right, now then, if you've got those four fingers, wrath, what is the emotional, rather the psychological response to wrath? Have you ever thought of that? Well, it's abandonment, a sense of being abandoned. For if God gives us over to the powers of sin, we are seemingly abandoned by him. Now, I want you to make yourself fully aware of this that what I'm sharing with you is the truth of the psychological mindset of addiction. We think of addiction as something that uh, has to do with either drugs or sex or alcohol or food issues or gambling or whatever drags us down, the object of our addiction. Those are merely the objects. But addiction starts with a state of mind, and the state of mind it starts with is the feeling of being isolated and alone. I mean, let me ask you this. What do you do when your drug of choice becomes such an urgent desire? What do you do in your mind as a Christian? Well, perhaps, first of all, you go into panic and say, Oh, God, deliver me and help me and, and help me to overcome. And maybe you sustain that panic for a few hours or days or maybe even a few weeks. But after a certain amount of time, the strain of that panic is too much, and you give in. Now, when I say panic, you can also substitute Legalism there, because when we get tempted with our favourite drug of choice, we are drawn to the law of God, and the recognition that we must not or should not do this, and therefore we try harder not to, and the harder we try, the more panic ensues, and thus the strain increases, and that leads to collapse. We give in. Now, think of it, that panic came about because you felt abandoned by God. You may say, well, I I don't think I even thought about God at the point. (laughs) That's the whole point. You didn't think about God. Why didn't you think about God? Because you thought that God was not thinking about you, except to condemn you, except to point the finger at you and prod you and say, stop it, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do anything right? And so the state of mind of abandonment is a terrifying state of mind. The world doesn't recognize it. Of course, the world is experiencing it too, but doesn't know how to put its finger on it and say, oh, I realize now what that's all about. But we Christians, we can know. That is, if we explore the Word of God to find out. But Christians, unfortunately, many of them have used the same techniques of the world to try to overcome their problems which is a, a, a form of re, a religious form of of legalism so what's the implication then now remember you've got your four fingers and you've got wrath and then the knuckle just below it is the psychological reaction which is what abandonment and so the knuckle below that the third knuckle that's the emotional response and what is the emotional response to abandonment it is nobody loves me so at the tip of your finger you've got wrath on the first knuckle you've got a feeling of a psychological feeling of abandonment and on the third knuckle you've got the the emotional response of nobody loves me now, if there's anything that is peculiar and special to an, uh, an addict, it is isolation, isn't it? That's what we tend to do. We tend to pull in upon ourselves and isolate ourselves because nobody, it seems, loves us. Nobody's around. We've isolated ourselves even from God. You see, when you say I don't even think about God when I'm tempted by my addiction or when I'm falling into my addiction. The reason you don't think about God is that you have blocked him because the normal state, which none of us is in, but the normal state of a a human being is to have an open, beautiful, loving relationship with God. But since we don't have that, Because of our sin, because of our sense of guilt and shame and fear, we are past masters at self-isolation, self-inflicted isolation. And I don't mean from people now, but from the inner state of our minds in relation to God. Now, when you're isolated in relation to God, when you've switched him off, the soul is so lonely even if it's surrounded by people that it will want to simply withdraw from the crowd go into the corner and somehow comfort itself in its sinful state by more sinning and so isolation abandonment a sense of nobody loves me is at the core of addiction so what's the alternative then? The gospel has revealed that Christ took the abandonment of God. That is to say, God took his own abandonment. God abandoned himself on the cross for our sakes that you and I need never be abandoned. Well, what's the implication of that? Something quite terrifying, which Joe, at breakfast yesterday, uh, told me he was first angry about when he first heard me say it in 2001. And that is, when you're in the midst of an addiction, to say, Father, even though I feel almost guilty and sacrilegious to say this, I thank you that you are here with me. That even though I don't have the inclination at the moment, I don't have the desire to say no to this thing. I want it. I will not let you abandon me. I can't let you abandon me, dear God. If I let you abandon me, you I will do worse. So this is the first thing we need to learn. Bring your conversation and your heart and faith to God, even in the greatest of darkness. Well, thanks very much for listening today. Colin Cook here, and this is How It Happens. It's a broadcast on the Gospel as described in the Book of Romans, and I try throughout the teaching to show how these issues apply to many people struggling with various addictions like drugs or alcohol or food issues or sex issues. And uh, there's so much in it, though, uh, that you will need to listen on a daily basis if you'd like to get the best out of it. And I invite you to do that by listening on the radio at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at four in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado Colorado and surrounding states' areas, or listen any time of the day or night on your smartphone, simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or Podbean.com, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Or go directly to soundcloud.com slash faithquest or faithquest.pudbean.com. At the same time, I'd like to ask you to help me to keep this radio broadcast going. It's now in its 25th year, and right now donations are quite low. And it's a a, a situation of urgency, I have to say. If you could commit maybe to a monthly donation, it would help so much, or one time if you can't manage that kind of commitment. Send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160, or online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks very much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.